Hello, and welcome to the Spec Shaman Podcast, a show that explores the world of building product manufacturers, architects, and engineers, sustainable design, and technology and trends. We engage in thought-provoking discussions with renowned experts, industry pioneers, and visionaries who are making a significant impact in the construction industry. Join us as we explore groundbreaking ideas, revolutionary concepts, and the latest advancements shaping the built environment. The Spec Shaman Podcast is hosted by Laura Elliott, the lead instructional designer at Ron Blank & Associates. Laura is a seasoned interviewer with a passion for uncovering the untold stories behind success. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Let's get started. So hi, welcome to another episode of the Spec Shaman Podcast. I am here today with Blima Aaron Troy, founder and CEO of the Designers Group. Hi, Blima. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Yes, it's nice to have you. We met through the wonderful world of LinkedIn, and I was immediately impressed by your firm, the Designers Group, that has locations in New York City, Toronto, and Miami, and serves the U.S. and Canada markets. So we're going to get right into it. I am a huge fan of origin stories and would love to hear how you were started. My first thought about a job and a career probably wasn't until I was in high school, and that was about the same time that my parents decided to move out of my childhood home and rebuild our house. And what they did that was so interesting was they rented a house across the street. So my entire family was able to watch the process from the demolition to laying the foundation, watching the walls go up, as well as seeing all of the interior finishes come together. And I love the process. I was completely fascinated by the industry. And that was when I was starting to think about a career and knew this was something that I was very interested in. And then after high school, I got a master's in interior architecture and design, which is what led me to founding the firm because I was armed with the knowledge and I also had the experience because I worked at an architectural firm to learn the technical side of interiors and construction and architecture basically and I really wanted to empower other women in the industry and I realized that one way of doing that was starting my own firm that's the short of it. That's a very clever thing to rent the house across the street while you're doing a, a, a big build. That's amazing. What a great source of inspiration for your career. I, it's a lovely story. My parents were able to be there and make sure that things were progressing as they should. And for us, as their children, we were really able to watch the process and come along with that, which we loved. I'm sure. I I um I bet that was a real memorable experience for everyone. That's very cool. And how personal um to be able to be a part of that, you know. Um what do you find exciting about your work now? We're involved in so many different industries and I find it amazing seeing how we can take dis different aspects of different industries and bring them into others and it's so, so rewarding being able to see people using the spaces that we've designed and really 
maximizing the potential of the space. For example, one of the industries that we're pretty involved in is the senior living space. And being able to go to the different buildings that we've designed and seeing the seniors loving their space and happy and watching them gathering together in the amenity spaces, it's just, it's really rewarding. That has to be so meaningful. As a child, I used to volunteer at senior living facilities and I would go and play chess and things like that with the with the folks that live there. So um, that's a meaningful space to really create for people. And that's that's wonderful work. I, I can imagine how inspirational that must be on a daily basis to be doing projects yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's interesting that you say that you used to volunteer, but I also did. And that was one of the reasons that I knew I really wanted to get involved in the design of those spaces because mm -hmm. I used to have to do community hours and I would visit this older woman mm -hmm. and she switched buildings in the middle of us visiting her. And I really saw the transformation going mm -hmm. from a dated dark room to this bright, new, beautiful space. And she seemed years younger. So just wow. seeing that, Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, this is a space I really want to get involved in. And I see the impact of that. And it's, it's amazing. Yeah, it's definitely a core consideration in some of the courses that we write. We write a lot about, you know, um, the environments for senior living facilities and the importance of creating great spaces. I couldn't agree with you more that it's really an impactful place to work and to build really beautiful things. Yeah. Um, and, and for your workflow, from the day to day as you're working on projects like that, how do you orient that workflow? What is that? What does a day in your life look like? It's mm, a good <laughs> question. <laughs> Every day is very different at this point. I'm more on the leadership side. So mm -hmm. I have design leads that are running all the different projects that we're working on. And I'm more involved just from uh, making sure that everything is going properly, all the designs follow our protocol and the processes that we need to make sure to incorporate, as well as quality control, meeting new clients. So it could be anything from a site visit to uh, sitting on a computer all day. <laughs> and, and that's what I love about it, because no two days are ever the same. And it, it keeps things interesting. It keeps things fun. Yeah, the built environment definitely has a lot of space for variety in your day. Yeah. And I really appreciate I can understand that on a personal level. I agree. Um, you're sitting in a leadership position, so you must see a lot of change happening kind of in the design process. What are you seeing on your end as, as progress is moving forward in the design industry? So what I'm finding really interesting is AI and the impact that it can have on our design processes. I actually spoke last week at an AI conference, and I was talking about how we're leveraging AI in our design processes and how, as designers, our soul and our creativity is what is really driving a lot of our designs. Mm -hmm. So there's no way that a computer can take that over or a system. However, it is there to really help us and make the process that much easier and incorporate all the technical sides and sides and, and 
whatever else is needed, but we still have to be involved in the process. But it's really interesting how there's so many different programs out there that could simplify it and make things easier. And the impact that technology is having and can continue to have is incredible, really, when you really look at what's out there. And as a design firm, we always want to be innovative. We want to make sure Mm -hmm. that we're giving our clients the best tools for success and that's mm-hmm. making sure that we know the latest and greatest of what's out there. So we're always looking at new ways to implement technology and make sure that we're leveraging it for the best of the spaces that we're working on and the mission and vision of our clients. Yeah, that's a remarkable nexus, <laughs> right? You know, executing the technology and meeting the vision of your clients. That's that's a that's a big leverage point. I know um in a lot of the conversations that I have, I keep hearing that whether you're a design professional or a building product manufacturer or a software designer, the nexus of how technology is impacting all of these industries is really uh remarkable to be a part of. I definitely consider us the troubleshooting generation in that regard, because we're always trying to figure out how can we really apply this technology well and make better living spaces for, you know, for occupants and for people uh, that are behind the design. So that's a that's definitely a great response. I agree wholeheartedly. When we're talking about technology and transformation, is there a specific area within the building industry that you think might be right for disruption? or transformation? In general, the construction industry is very traditional. If you look at the way they've built things 100 years ago, we're following a lot of the same processes still. And there is so much technology out there that can really help with all of it. So I definitely think that there's a lot of room for people who are visionaries to come into the construction space and see what can be done and just to make it better for 2024. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's definitely so we we've had a a few conversations about um, training skilled labor force um, workers and the construction industry in general. Um, You're definitely right. And they're they're facing a real crisis when it comes to the amount of people that are joining it as well. I spoke with uh, someone named Brad Benedict, who was working with VR technology and CTE programming and trying to bring in some of that new innovation into construction spaces. And I definitely agree their their processes would definitely benefit from from a transformation as well, you know, but they're also some of the things are tried and true. So there's a balance in trying to figure out what is effective as a long term process and what new new processes can go over top of it and, you know, just enhance it 100%. Um, yeah, that's interesting that you're bringing up VR, because we have been building out the spaces that we're designing in 3D, as well as virtual walkthroughs. So our clients can actually visualize the potential space as if they're inside of that. So we have VR headsets and they get to really see the entire space as we envision it before it's built. And we see so many benefits to this. First of all, from a collaboration perspective, many people cannot visualize what what it is that the design vision could be. And second of all, from a marketing perspective, because we've really seen that 
when people who are a part of the project or a potential part of the project or a potential investor or buyer, when you're able to see all of that in 3D, it's so much more impactful. Yeah, that's a wildly great technology <laughs> that's being integrated. And I I can imagine how much it's moving things forward, you know, because vision is is a really Im important thing, but it's hard to relay sometimes. So that yeah. technology is really assisting with that. And I think I think you're right. You mentioned collaboration and I noticed that one of the core things about your firm is that you think collaboration is not just a buzzword, right? It's a fundamental value that drives your projects. And I want to know what that means for you and your firm. I always tell my team that one plus one when you're working together is not two. It's exponentially greater. And we have a really diverse team at the designers group of designers with so many different backgrounds, religions, cultures. And I believe that when we all work together, the result is that much better because we're all coming from different experiences and we can take those experiences and plug them into our design so that everyone who will be experiencing the spaces that we design will be able to maximize what they're doing in the space. And as well as from an inclusive perspective, we want everyone who's using our spaces to feel a part of them and to be able to connect to them. Yeah, that inclusivity is is such an add value to a design orientation. Um, you're a minority women-owned business enterprise. And so how do you incorporate your firm's perspective and backgrounds to do the transformative work that you do? Is the collaboration the starting point? Collaboration is definitely a fundamental part of the process. But we really look at every space as a place where everyone can be a part of it. So it's not necessarily, you know, we're women owned, but we want everyone to be able to connect with the spaces, not just women or not just minorities, or, you know, it should really be everyone. It from our perspective, where we want everyone to be involved and everyone to feel connected. We want to make sure that the spaces that we're designing are for everyone. So what challenges do you face in the design process and how do you resolve them? Challenge makes the end result that much better. And we love a challenge, whether it's budgetary, whether it's site conditions, whether it's the end user goal, we love a challenge. When we're not challenged to think and to come up with innovative solutions, then our designs aren't as good as they could be. So anytime there's an obstacle to overcome, I find that we have the best result from that. And I say that even in my personal life and anytime there's something that we have to get over, that we have to work through, the result is that much better. I agree. I love a good challenge. <laughs> you know, that's sometimes we moan and groan as we're going through them. I'm not going to lie. There definitely is that aspect, especially during construction when something unexpected comes up or now with the price of construction so high. So we will moan and groan, but we're, it really drives us to come up with ideas like never before. Yeah. The solutions that come out of challenges are always really remarkable. Yes. Um, 
So then you must have some notable projects or case studies that you might be able to share. Is there a, a particular project that comes to mind? One project that we're very proud of is a string of urgent cares that we worked on over COVID. And what our client's mission was, was to really deliver the best care. And together we sat, we brainstormed, and we were trying to figure out how best to deliver this product, which was a, a high caliber urgent care. And we came up with the idea of a spa. Why, when you're getting a massage, is it a luxurious experience, but there is this anxiety-ridden experience? And we used that as the drive and as the concept to really come up with an idea and the design and really the template, because this was one concept that was going to be outfitted in 18 locations the first year, 26 the next. So we worked with this hospitality slash spa concept. And what was really interesting was when the first location was finished, they had a grand opening. And I went and I heard one of them say to the other, this feels like a spa. We wanted people to feel and believe that the level of care matched the environment that they're in. And that's always a pitch for me when I'm talking to senior living operators, when I'm talking to healthcare operators, when a potential resident or patient is walking through the door, you want them to know that the level of care is there. And how can you demonstrate that from the second someone walks through the door when the environment really brings that home? And that's what we're here for, to be able to deliver that. Well, I am on board with a project like that. Make sure you send some to Texas. <laughs> what a great, what a great uh, way to design a project and really make it meaningful because, you know, our care is the number one most important thing, right? If you don't have your health, you don't have anything. So right. to really create spaces that are meaningful when it comes to that is, you know, kind of revolutionary. I haven't yeah. been to a medical place that was like a spa. So that sounds lovely. <laughs> um, so when you, because you're kind of sitting in a, in a, a position of real experience and really creating valuable um, spaces for occupants, what advice would you give a young professional who wants to enter the AEC industry? Believe in yourself and do not be afraid to take risks, but calculated risks and make sure that you understand the fundamentals of design. So those are, it's kind of like a three part <laughs> advice because I believe that as designers, we're creative. We need to go after our heart. We need to be able to have the creativity to come up with innovative solutions. But we also have to understand how to execute and how to make that happen. And that sometimes comes with risk, but they have to be calculated because you have to understand what you're going to be telling your client. Now, I remember my first project ever that I designed was a residential home. And we were so excited. The first delivery of furniture was coming. We had measured everything, everything fit. It was great. But then it was time to bring the sofa through the front door. And we forgot to check if it would fit. So it fit in the room, but not through the front door. No. And what happened was we had to send it back and we covered the restocking fee because that was our mistake. Mm. 
but now I will never make that mistake again. Right. We're designing a huge event space that has 24, uh, 18 to 24 feet high partitions in the space mm. and in the basement of a building. And it's a subseller and seller. There's actually two event spaces. And we talked about how are we getting those partitions into the space because they are not fitting in the elevator. So they have to come in before that's before the elevators are completed. So very interesting that you, I found that making a mistake is okay as long as you learn for it, from it and you stand behind it. So, wow, I just gave like a bunch of different pieces of advice to someone starting, but <laughs> I would say probably learning from your mistakes because we're always learning new things and there's always situations coming up. So having the knowledge to stand behind our mistakes, taking ownership of them and not being afraid to take risks. Yeah. The, not letting mistakes be a point of failure, but a, per, a point of learning, you know, yeah. that's definitely uh, a real core <laughs> piece of advice for anyone that's up and coming and something that we need to remind ourselves of I think throughout our careers you know we're not always going to be perfect we can strive for that that great point of progress I think um, is a really realistic way of doing it and applying what we learn along the way is you know all we really can do <laughs> so <laughs> mistakes can't defeat us um when you're seeing since since the start of designing for you and where we are today how have you seen sustainability evolve and and do you see anything that's you know coming up in the future that you're inspired by so as designers sustainability is a key factor when we're designing spaces because if we don't care about the environment who will and we see the impact of the environment around us so mm -hmm. definitely super important to make sure that we're incorporating sustainability practices from the start of a project all the way to the end. So I would say even some of the programs that we're using to design now are helping from a sustainability standpoint because they're minimizing waste when we're putting together materials boards. If we could actually start with uh, a digital materials board and once that's confirmed, then we order the materials so that you can see the samples. But like this, we're not having a bunch of samples that we then have to throw out but that's just like really uh, a minute amount that's from the process side but when we're when we're specifying materials we like to specify materials that can be repurposed and reused as well as are not harmful to the environment when they're made um, i mean there's so many different so many different options out there now, both from like the process side as well as execution as well as when you're actually using it so as designers, we really realize the impact of the environment around us. And we want to make sure that the products that we're specifying, the processes that we're specifying, and everything about the project will be sustainable so that we have the least impact on ruining the environment and the most on making it better. And that's and I and I can imagine that as the sustainability initiatives continue to move and the mandates move, there's a big learning curve on that. You know, we see it a lot. You know, I write a lot of courses on sustainability, and so does my co-producer Brad Blank. He writes far more than I do, and that needle is always moving. Um, so it, you know, to stay on top of it is something that's definitely notable and 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 very much appreciated in the built environment. 
Um, yeah. You just mentioned specifying a product. What are some of the biggest challenges you experience in doing that? I would say for the past couple of years, stock items, there has been such a short of, of everything across the board that that would probably be what we're seeing as the biggest issue. But in general, we have a really extensive library of materials and we have amazing vendors that we work with. So whatever it is that we want to specify, there usually is a way for us to find it and figure out how to make it work. And whether we're value engineering or working with a specific timeline or budget, we have amazing people that we're working with to execute. I got that process. I know, I know, especially with the shortages, it's been a, it's been a real challenge on that side of things. So what is one industry secret or personal philosophy that you orient your work around? Designing with purpose, creating a better world. And we're all about creating a better world. And I think one of the biggest ways that we do that is with the spaces that we're designing, mm -hmm. because they really are making the lives of the people using them better. But another way is that we have so many charitable initiatives that we run through the firm and that all speaks to the ethos of who we are because we want the world to be a better place. So whether it's helping people repurpose their furniture, giving people who don't have furniture a sec uh, other people's used furniture that they no longer need, um, or it's about bringing people into our office to experience a day in the life of a designer when they're trying to figure out a career. So it's all about really giving back and using our firm as a platform to make the world a better place. Well, those are amazing goals. And I think finding spaces to give back really creates a lot of meaning. And I think you I think you're doing it, even if you weren't doing those philanthropic initiatives. I think just the spaces that you're designing for people you know, there, there's going to be generations of people that are going to appreciate the space that's, that's designed with their health and their, and their care in mind. And so I think that that's really a, a memorable and notable thing about what your design or what, what your firm is doing. So I hear you have a really special assistant in your office named Coco. And I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about Coco. So that Coco had to be a part of our team. And I actually was part of buying coco for sarah so i feel like a part owner and mm -hmm. coco is amazing and sarah is the best dog owner ever so we're very happy to have both of them on our team well i know our pets are a really important part of our <laughs> self-care and you know a great day of work so it's really cool that you have such a neat assistant in your office and um very adorable also <laughs> the very the picture on the website is really charming so um, that's it from our end. We're so grateful to have you on the podcast. This has been a wonderful conversation and there's been a lot of inspiration that's come out of it. So I really appreciate you being here. Thank you. It's always nice chatting with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you have a great rest of your day and thank you for joining the Spec Shaman podcast. Thank you for listening to the Spec Shaman podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our show and leave us a review. The Spec Shaman podcast is produced by Laura Elliott and Brad Blank. A huge thank you to our guests who made this show possible. Building product manufacturers who want to increase their specification opportunities, please visit specshaman.com or ronblank.com. Thanks all for this episode, folks. See you next time. <laughs>